Hello and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. I am Drew. And today we are getting back in the habit. We certainly are. Drew. Yes. Are there going to be more songs in this one? There are going to be more songs in this one. Good. Cool. This one is more about singing than the first one was. I guess because the world has already been built with this one, mm-hmm. that we can just get to the nonsense. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any idea what this one is about? Are they all? going on tour? No. <laughs> well, that would be amazing. But no, that is not what happens in this one. They have to somehow get Whoopi Goldberg back. She hasn't stuck around at the nunnery. No. Which is a shame. It felt like she was very happy to stay there. But well, then she got famous at the end. Of the she did get one. famous, but I also felt that yes, yeah, she'd be doing, you know, pursuing fame, but she'd also like go back to the nunnery. Mm-hmm. It felt like she'd grown a lot for being there, and she'd actually was well, happier being there. They're her friends, yeah. Yeah. So I did not. I just assumed she wasn't a nun. <laughs> She's not a nun. No. So I'm, I'm intrigued to how they get her back and how willing she is to get, you know, come back. Will he, she have forgotten who she is, mm-hmm. you know, or will she be quite happy to jump in? Perhaps they've got to do like a fundraiser. Perhaps their cathedral is like possibly going to shut up shop. Maybe. You've told me that the cast is returning. So we've got Maggie Smith. Yeah. So we have. Kathy and Jimmy. Yes, indeed. Whoopi Goldberg's back. Yeah. Is Vince back? No. So he's he's not back for revenge. He's not in this one at all. Okay. No. So we've not got any mobsters mm-hmm. returning for like revenge. Is Sweaty Eddie back? No. So that's kind of just completely forgotten about. Yeah, because in, in the film version, obviously her and Eddie aren't a thing. No. And that's something that the play created because it's got an extra half an hour running yeah. time. Does... The musical mm-hmm. take anything from Sister Act 2? No. Okay. Because obviously Lion King yeah. is still pretty much the, the original Disney film, but it did take songs from Lion King 2, notably He Lives in You. Yeah. So it took elements of the Lion King 2. Yeah. So I wondered if this might have like allusions to any of the plot of Sister Act 2. No, it doesn't. Okay. No. So we have the introduction of a couple of new characters. Cool. Not a couple, a lot of new characters. I would hope so. In this one. But notably, we have the introduction of Lauren Hill as a character called Rita. Lauren Hill became a very famous singer. Okay. After this, because okay. of this film. Cool. She became a household name. Other people that are in this... Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Wow. She's like 16. Here's my question then. Is she in witness protection because her and her (laughs) friends killed a man last summer? And now she sees dead people. (laughs) That's a good reason to go into witness protection. Sure. I mean, if we continue the theory that all of these characters are in witness (laughs) protection somehow. Yeah. Then that's her reason for being there. Mm -hmm. Because like her life is at stake. Yeah. Sure. Is the one who was like a ward, you know, who's born in the nunnery? Mary Roberts. Yes, is she back in yes, this one? Yes, she's in this one as well. Okie dokie. Wendy McKenna, yeah. 
and is the one who played a gargoyle in Hunchback of Notre Dame still in this one? Mary Lazarus. Yes. Yeah, she is. Good. All of your favourite nuns are back Bar for this none. movie. We also have the introduction of some priests into this one. Cool. Yeah. And is this going to be like an X Factor style thing then? That like you've got the the women's group you versus think they're the auditioning? men's group. Like, is there some kind of like rivalry? You know, for God's love. Sure. I'm not they, telling you. This so is, so this, really is, this is the thing. <laughs> the nuns that we we know and love, mm-hmm. they have got the Pope's endorsement. Yeah. So we've ended Sister Act One with them you know, closer to heaven than they've ever been before. Sure. Is this going to go crumbling down a la Pitch Perfect? Like, where the bells oh, perform? no, no. We don't have any nuns no. ending up like Fat Amy. God, no. Okay. Think about things nuns do other than just work in the church. Is there issues or in the gap into, like, the community? Because... Maggie Smith was always very, very scared about letting her flock go out into the community. This one is based more in the community, not for that reason. So are they working to improve something? So there's some kind of like issue with like the community centre for downtrodden teens and they're working to be like, yes, we're going to use our voices for good and we're going to raise the profile of this like centre for teens. Kind of. So it's like Zoolander. Sure. It's the Whoopi Goldberg centre for kids. You know, not a centre for kids. Not a centre for teens. Well, it's not a centre for ants, is it? If it's not like Zoolander. Boo. (laughs) It's it's not like a community centre. But something they're trying to save. Yeah. So it's either the church Uh or it's the weird adult shop that Kathy and Jimmy was protesting. (laughs) Oh, I would watch that. Or the biker bar. Kathy and Jimmy's like Mother Superior, our biker bar. Yeah. The gay bar. The gay bar. It, it's going to shut down. We need to save it. It's mm-hmm. vital that we save it because, sure. like, they play good songs on the jukebox. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's like a, a theatre that they're trying to save. Maybe. But they're, basically, they've got to try and save something in the community. Yeah. And you've got evil people, like in Burlesque, who want to buy it, knock it down for flats. Sure. Is air rights going to be a thing? No, air rights have nothing to do with this, I okay. promise. Fine. Yeah, so they need, obviously, famous Whoopi Goldberg to come back and, mm-hmm. and help get their voices. Have they lost their mojo? So it's like Austin Powers 2, where they've lost their mojo. Not really. They just kind of think that Whoopi Goldberg is going to be, like, the best person to help them out here. Because she's down with the kids. Yeah, basically. <laughs> More or less. So how do the songs in this work? Because, obviously, in this Sister one... Act 1, we had... It was a jukebox musical. Yeah. But they were adapted for that gospel style. Mm -hmm. Are these going to be bigger pop hits from 1993? Uh, Kind of. In that the musical style has changed slightly. Okay. And you've got the juxtaposition between the nuns and the youths and what kind of music they're listening to. Do you remember we had the edgy teens in Sister Act 1? Yeah. And even after months of going every Sunday, they still wore their like leather jackets and their edgy teen yeah. attire. And we were okay with that. Have they started to wear appropriate church attire? 
No. Well, they still in their edgy teen gear. They'll still be in their edgy teen Good. gear. Good. I like that. I like that they are still true to themselves. Yeah, that's the point. So we still have uh, actual songs. Cool. As in real world songs. It's still a jukebox musical. Excellent. And it is still diegetic. Good. So all of these things, it's it hasn't changed tonally. This isn't more of a musical than the first one. However, this one became such a huge hit mm-hmm. because of the way that it deals with a lot of issues that were happening in the 90s, which good. is a good thing, I think. So this, there's some really good social commentary on this one. Yes, especially for uh, black teenagers in America. It was a really big deal. I think because you've obviously got Sister Act 1 mm-hmm. and this being a sequel, you can take what works yep. but also make it bigger. Mm-hmm. And you know that you've also got a little bit more sway because you know that people are going to go and watch this and you are going to have more eyes on this product. So if you would like to, you know, have that influence over people yeah. and have the opportunity to, you know, share your views on, on maybe an issue within society, a sequel like this is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. So you've already said this came out in 1993. Which is only a year after the last one, so it must have been done very, very quickly. Yeah, and this one's actually based on a real person. Oh, really? As opposed to the first one there, where they vehemently denied any basis in reality. Or from other people's books. Yeah, this one is based on the life of Iris Stevenson, who I cannot tell you what she did, because it will spoil the plot of this film. We'll talk about it once you've watched yes. it. And they have a different director... <laughs> And different producers and different writers. But... The same musical director. But the last Sister Act film didn't exactly have one writer. No. So this is the difference. Is This one has three writers. James Orr, Jim Cruishank, and Judy Ann Mason. Yeah. And that's it. Just, just those three. It didn't get rewritten multiple times. Yeah. So this one was piggybacking off of the first one. Yep. They already have a world to base it on. They already know these characters. So they don't have to go into the extensive rewrites that the first one did. Yeah. Um, we've still got Mark Shaman doing the music, but cool. they've also added Miles Goodman to that team, which they work very well together. And they still... They credit, in the credits of this film, it says characters by Joseph Howard. Yes. Which was the fake name. That the first writer gave. Yes, used by Paul Rudnick. But they need to because... Yeah, it's, it's his you see that You see that in a lot of films anyway nowadays. Like, if you watch something that's a sequel but has a completely different team. It was like Jurassic you, Park, yeah. the new ones, Jurassic World. Yeah. Based on the characters by... Exactly. So you always have to include that anyway. Yeah. Uh, this one is directed by Bill Duke. I don't know who that is. I don't think he will, to be perfectly honest. He directed Cemetery Club, uh, Golden Spiders, Dallas, Not for me. Miami Vice. The a TV lot of the TV show, show yeah. yeah. He He did a lot of... Stuff in the 90s, basically. So if he did Miami Vice, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like police show. Yeah. Does that then say that there is going to be like mafia style like references within this one? No. Okay. (laughs) He was in X-Men The Last Stand. 
He was in it. Yeah, as an actor. Cool. He was Trask. I know who that is. Oh, Trask is... (laughs) So Trask goes on to be played by Tyrion in Days of Future Past. Oh, because we talked about he changed his race. He does. (laughs) And, And Trask is the one who creates the Sentinels. So in the last stand... Oh, okay. Now I know who that is. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So it's like the biggest problem with the X-Men series is the lack of continuity that they'll throw characters in for Easter eggs or references and then completely mm-hmm. undo it when they go back to a later, or in this case, earlier one. Hmm. Um, but they, they threw in Trask because, cool. that, that you know, why not? why not? He's a great name to have and people look at it and go, oh, we know who he is. Maybe this is where the next one's going to go. Yeah. And then obviously... <laughs> not... <laughs> That's cool, though. Yeah. I didn't know that. I know who he is. Yeah. Cool. So when this came out, it has a 17% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. So this is, com- like, critically... We- we're going to talk about it wow. in a second. Okay. It made $57 million worldwide on a budget of $38 million. So this is a flop. Critically... Yes, this film was seen as a huge flop and nobody went to see it in theatres because it got critically really panned. However, every single critic that was invited to write about this show was a male white dude. So this wasn't the film for them. Yeah, and Bill Duke has said that he wishes he had been allowed to invite critics to come and see it, but he wasn't at the time. Because the people that they invited were not the demographic at all yeah. for this film. And that a lot of them would never understand the kind of struggles that the people in this movie would be going through. I think that's really interesting. And that it was essentially a huge waste of time to have it reviewed. Which I agree with, <laughs> based this on the reviews the of this. I People love this film. Yeah, I, I always hate reviews with a pinch of salt. I know I've mentioned on previous episodes that I'll look at Empire. Mm-hmm. but that's because i feel like empire right for me as a viewer yeah so that's fine like i feel like they match my voice however at the same time have we ever had a musical that was well reviewed on this show <laughs> les mis was well reviewed yeah well we haven't talked about that like no, a, okay. a, a musical that we have reviewed on this show that was critically well acclaimed into the woods no it fair wasn't lady? no my fair lady yeah but that was reviewed by musical reviewers yeah no i mean and and that's right but i think you've always got to take a pinch of salt with reviewers anyway as it is and Mm. i think like you say there are far too many instances of people commenting that are just very quick to dismiss and not consider the background and the place it comes to and also the impact it will have on the people it's made for yeah You know, I've got no place reviewing EastEnders. Mm -hmm. It's not a show I like, you know, and it's not something I'd probably be that positive about. I know that. Well, this is the other thing, is a lot of the reviewers who were asked to review this movie didn't review the first one. So you're coming into it as a sequel anyway, which personally I feel like this film stands very well on its own. And generally this is more well-liked than the first one. If you were to look at the Rotten Tomatoes score for this, mm. what would the fan like percentage be? So like you've got the 17% critically. I don't know how you find that out. Because there's a lot of 
a lot of licenses nowadays where you have the critical score, hmm. but the fan score as well, where there's a lot more people nowadays that are reliant more on that score than they are anything else. Again, it can be controversial. Um, when the new Pokemon game was released, Pokemon Sword and Shield, yeah, it got great reviews from critics, but mm. the fans, I say fans, the, the public score for it took a nosedive because of people's view against the whole, why have you capped us a 400 Pokemon? Why can't we catch everything? Bring back the national decks. And they ultimately chose to try and you know use that to bomb the 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 ratings. So you again you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt. But I'd be interested to see what the fan response to this is. Yeah. Well, so the thing with this movie is it gets all these terrible reviews, but actually, unbeknownst to the makers of this film, yeah, this movie ushers in a new era of gospel music. That made it accessible to a wider audience by merging hip-hop and R&B with gospel. This was a huge deal musically. And a lot of hip-hop artists who saw this film said that it changed the way that they were thinking about their own music. Uh, There's a review from somebody who said that, I remember feeling like if this is how gospel music is supposed to sound, I can get behind this. That's from a hip-hop artist called Lecrae. Cool. Basically, it it changed the way that people were looking at gospel music. And at the time, made it really accessible to everyone. However, a lot of people just didn't go and see this in theatres because of how badly it was reviewed. Which is on to as a power review. So looking at Rotten Tomatoes now, Mm. you know, 36 ratings from critics, uh, average score of 3.5 out of 10. Yeah. However, the audience score, you've got 395,217 ratings and ultimately a 61% score. Mm-hmm. So you can see the difference yeah. there that actually more of the people who went to see it or have seen it since it's released enjoyed this film than the critics. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, that's really interesting, like yeah. the mix of scores and the mix of perspectives on this film. Yeah, and a lot of the, the music mixing comes from Mervyn Warren, who at the time was quite a young composer, yeah. but who was hailed for this movie as being kind of a musical genius mm-hmm. for his ability to mix these different styles together. There's two specific songs that he put together that that are like the defining moments of okay, this cool. movie that are R&B, rap and gospel all mixed together. Excellent. And it's really good. I love this movie. We're going to, after we've watched it, we'll watch the Musical Mash episode about yes, it. Yes, because we've watched half the Musical Mash episode, which yeah. is covering the first sister act. But even he says he prefers this one. Yeah. So, like, generally, I think people of our age... might have seen Sister Act 2 first. I know I did. Yeah. Especially because this one has teenagers in it. Like, this is... At the end of the day, all I hope from this is that it's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it also handles the political statements. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like the first one was just nonsense. Yeah, so is this one. There was no kind of ulterior motive behind it. I don't feel like it was there trying to preach at anyone. I feel it was just, we're going to have a good time. Neither is this one. I'm not 
yeah, and, and, and I hope we maintain... I'm all here for having some good social political commentary. Yeah. I think if you're doing a sequel, you've got more right to do that. Mm-hmm. But I hope it doesn't lose the heart of the first one. No, and this is what I was going to say when you started saying about having some kind of commentary in it. Yeah. You, the first Sister Act movie, I think, is really heartfelt, and this one is even more. Yeah. This is, I do think it's really heartfelt, and I think the commentary there is much more insular, like it's looking within the convent. Yeah. Whereas this one feels like you've got that heartbeat now within this community now, and that's look outside. Yeah. And it feels far more vast. Mm -hmm. And I think actually you've got a good group of characters that you can now do that with. Yeah. And I think instead of reflecting within the church walls, we should now look to the bigger community of San Francisco, mm-hmm. which I'm all for. Cool. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Nice. Uh, Me too. I've been waiting towards this. I do think talking about the critical reception does actually make a lot of sense as to why there's only rumblings of Sister Act 3 here in 2020. Mm. You know, why well, is something not done? 2018, Disney hired two writers to yeah. write Sister Act 3. And we've not seen anything kind of since then. But I think, and I've always wondered why, considering 92, 93, 2018, mm-hmm. why was there no Sister Act 3? Hearing that makes a lot more sense that actually yeah. Disney would have looked at it and thought, right, people don't care. Yeah. So. Basically. I'm very intrigued to see if I enjoy this one. I'm sure I will. Yeah. I know I will. Yes. Because I love this movie. <laughs> right. Well. I'm going to go to the cupboard. I'm going to dust off my habit. Yep. And then I'll be back ready to watch Sister Act 2. Electric Boogaloo. And we will be back <laughs> very, very shortly. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day When Jesus washed When Jesus washed When Jesus washed All my sins away Oh, happy day La, 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 la and we are back yes we are in the habit (laughs) boo (laughs) did you enjoy this movie as much as the first one yes and no okay I like what they've done with this film Mm -hmm. and I feel the new characters they have added Mm -hmm. in the teenagers are good characters yeah however i don't care too much about mr crisp he doesn't feel like a villain no i feel like that's not the point though he is set up at the end to want to take down the school yeah Because he wants it to be shut down and because he wants early retirement and all that money. Mm -hmm. And then is really disappointed when he has to continue his job. Yeah. It feels like more needs to be done with him. Mm. Because he just suddenly goes from zero to 100 of like, 
she's not really a nun, but we must take her down and sabotage the school. It doesn't feel like there's been anything in his character to really want to sabotage the school. I don't think he wants to sabotage the school. I think he just doesn't care about it. Well, exactly, but it doesn't come across. Okay. There's not enough of that arc done. At least Vince had a clear motive. That's true. Mr. Crisp Chris doesn't. Yeah, but I feel like he still needs to have more development, like more reason for why he would want to then sabotage or, you know, remove Whoopi Goldberg from the choir. Mm-hmm. My other real issue with this film, and again, I, I enjoyed this. I had a really good time watching it. Yeah. But there was not enough Maggie Smith. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like Kathy and Jimmy mary roberts mary patrick yeah were all kind of cut from it they didn't they they were marginalized they didn't have as much in the first one Mm -hmm. and it was their relationships with dolores that i really enjoyed and we got less of that yeah i think this film would have been better had it kept the great work it did with the teens and developing their characters yeah that's great like i really like dolores's relationship with them yeah However, this being a sequel, I also want more of the relationships with the characters that I liked from the first one. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So, we can talk about now. This is based on the story of a real woman. Yes. Uh, whose name was Iris Stevenson McCull, I believe. That is how you pronounce it. I usually get the pronunciations of things wrong, but we'll try. She was a music teacher at a school in LA which had a predominantly black student body. Yes. And she took this, the choir that she made with these students to the Worldwide Music Festival in France. She, like, her choir win years and years in a row at the Jamaica Jazz and Blues Festivals. Like, she's the chair of the music department for the school. And she took her choir to perform at the White House for Barack Obama. That's very cool. And then she got suspended for 120 days for taking the choir to perform at the White House. Jeez. So. So she's been going like a very, very long time. Yeah, she started teaching in 1985. So, yeah, a very long time. But in 1991, a bunch of L.A. public school teachers were at risk of being laid off because the arts weren't being valued in schools yeah and she very publicly fired back against the school board which caught the attention of dawn Steele, who then is one of the producers of this film who turned it into sister act did she consult at all was she like involved in the making of this film no but she gave the rights to it to dawn Steele, and i was aware that it was going to be in uh, adapted and change the kind of narrative to fit the sister act license yeah cool basically i I would have been quite upset if she sold her the rights and was like yeah go for it and expecting like a accurate depiction then got sister act yeah but if she sold it knowing full well it was going to this film Mm -hmm. then fantastic that that's really cool yeah so this film starts really well Mm -hmm. we we've evolved from reno to vegas Yes, we've moved up in the world. <laughs> yes, we have evolved. And we get all these great establishing shots of Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to how dark and dingy Reno looked. In the first one, yeah. Yeah. 
we're in a much better place. Definitely. I was looking at the credits and we have James Coburn. I nearly mistook his name for James Corden. Oh, you I know, thought it was going to be a James Corden musical. I know James Corden's in everything. But yeah, obviously. I thought 93 might have been a little early to start that one. <laughs> and we, we begin with the greatest medley ever told. Yes, which is Performed a... by Dolores Van Carter and her sister act. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought it was called Sister Act because she was acting as a sister. Yeah. But apparently not. No. <laughs> so this is a medley of basically the story of the first movie. Yes, I think it's brilliant. I think they've done a really good job at recapping everything that happened mm-hmm. in film one within like three minutes. Yeah. I liked the range of the songs. I like that we've got, oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. <laughs> And uh, it was an itty bitty teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. Yeah, like, which is a great song. This is really good. Her hair is so big in this scene. Yeah, but so is her voice. Because did you notice she's not using a mic? She had like she had a Madonna mic. No, she did. I promise. Did she? Yeah. Okay, I didn't see it. Fair. <laughs> I really like how the songs go together. Mm-hmm. And then the nuns arrive. Yes. Late. Yep. I don't think but they had a reserved table. But I don't think they'd have been admitted. To her big show. To her big show late. I think you're not going to argue with a nun. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because they'd have just blackmailed the bodyguards again like they did for yeah, the... Yeah, with the helicopter, the helicopter pilot from the first one. The quick changes that Dolores has to do during this sequence are amazing. Yeah. And rival Legally Blonde in terms of the quick change mm-hmm. stakes. But the nuns are really excited because Dolores starts singing their song. My guy. Yeah. My God. Not my, my God. Guy. Yeah. And she's she's flying and she spots them and they're all waving excitedly and she's talking to them. She's like, come up on stage. Yeah. She Lazarus does not go up on stage. Lazarus stays in the audience. Sipping on her mocktail. They're drinking milk. They're drinking they milk. They all get given a glass of milk. Yeah. yeah. And Kathy and Jimmy and Sister Mary Roberts get up on stage and join in. Yes. Now, the harness malfunctions because she's just like floating about. No, it doesn't. It's the guy who is doing the flying. Yes. The running the rig. He literally has to like pedal to get it to do the thing. And he gets distracted, so he's just peddling. Well, okay, but my point was there was, you know, it wasn't there working the way yeah. it wasn't working the way she planned, and she's talking to him like, you know, what's going on. I was close with my Pitch Perfect 2 theory. Yeah. That, you know, it would start in a similar fashion. When you you said that when we were watching it, that made me laugh so much. Because you said before we started, uh, is it going to be like Pitch Perfect 2? And obviously I know Pitch Perfect 2 came later, but I wondered if maybe it would have paid homage. But it opens so much the same way. Oh, it's yeah. It's so funny. It really is. You know, obviously it doesn't end as badly for Dolores... Van Cartier and her sister act as it does the the Bellas, but yeah. you know, we we are then introduced to a character who I thought was gonna be a bigger deal, but literally is just in this scene. Her agent. Jimmy, yeah. yeah. I, I thought like his would be a character that would be there throughout. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. He He's literally, obviously just her Vegas agent. He exists to kind of be like, Oh, you can't do this, and she's like, Shut up, I'm doing it. I do what I want. Exactly. And she takes her giant wig off here as well. Yes. And her hair's back in a little net. It is. So I like the bit where Jimmy tries to sign the nuns, but Dolores says they're represented by God. Amazing. It's a cute line. It's some nice humour. 
And they're teachers now. Yes. And this is where I said, I wrote down the note, they are saving a school. Yeah. I have so many questions about, because I know there are a lot of schools that are taught by nuns and you've got like convent schools and things. Yes. Do they have to get teaching degrees first? No, because Kathy and Jimmy is teaching sex ed. Yeah. Which is super interesting. In the real world, I would love to be taught sex ed by Kathy and Jimmy. 100%. You know, it's you gonna know she'd be, be great. Laugh. Mm-hmm. And you know she'd come in on like Halloween dressed yeah. as her Hocus Pocus character. Well, this school only teaches four subjects. We have maths, sex ed, Latin and music. Yeah. And that's it. What was happening at this school before the nuns started teaching there? Was it just the the priests? I assume it was the priests and they had some teachers who just were like, no, I can't do this thing. They can't afford it. So the nuns had done it for charity. Yeah. Because you don't have to pay. No, you don't. No. Question mark. I don't think. No, they, well, presumably they live. They're doing it through charity. Yeah. They they live off money from the Catholic church. Yeah. Which, you know, they get the donations, which affords the food, but they grow their own food anyway. Yeah. So realistically, there's no expenses. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess it's just upkeep of the church. Yeah, and the school board is paying for all the school stuff. <laughs> loosely. Yes. Yeah, we use the term "paying for" very, very yeah. loosely. So they've started working at this school. Presumably, mm. yeah, these teachers have left and they've come on to help. Yeah. And I really like the line Dolores says, "Can they even hear you at the back of the classroom?" To Mary Roberts. Yeah, because she's the quiet one. And. I like the line, Mary Patrick frowned twice. <laughs> twice. Shock horror. I know. Kathy Jimmy, her character is just so funny. Yeah. I love her. Every time she's on screen, I'm just watching Kathy Jimmy. Well, this is it. This is the thing is, I don't feel like she got as much of a chance to shine in this. She, she still has great moments, mm. but I definitely feel like they're far and few between compared to the first one. Yeah. Which is she a shame. She has some of my favourite lines in this She film. does. There are some amazing lines I've written down. I just wanted more of yeah. them and their That's relationship. So it also emerges that they are teaching at Dolores' old school. Yes, which we saw as a flashback in the first film. Yes. That she was also... No, wait, she wasn't taught by a nun, was she? She was taught by a nun. Was it a nun? Yeah. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So there's the nice kind of link there. Mm-hmm. It's established. So maybe the nuns have always... Well, taught there and maybe it's a convent school yeah but maybe so why were these nuns not teaching at the school in sister act one because they were a closed convent in sister act one and now because of dolores's impact they've opened up there we go so you got that right in the first one it's going to be the wider community which yeah and it's the natural evolution of the sister act story is Mm -hmm. we've gone from (laughs) i said it we went from being i do think sometimes I know that we're analysing this yeah. for the pro- the point of this podcast as we talk about them. But sometimes I think there are films that just like, if you think about it too hard, it's not going to be as good. I feel like this is one the of The thing them. is, I studied film at university. Mm. I can only do that. I know. A sequel has to be bigger, ergo better. <laughs> I and like this. I I really like this film. I'm not I'm not going to spend the next hour and and whatever saying how much I disliked it. I really liked it. I thought it was a really good follow up. Yeah. Um. I I like this bit where they say that Mother Superior sent them 
So their she heavenly was... mission. Yeah. And they cannot return without Dolores. I'm thinking. She's desperate. Yeah. And I, it, it was that easy. Mm-hmm. It was that easy. She packs up. She tells Jimmy, shut up. I'm going. Yeah. And off we go. But I really like that Dolores hasn't gone back to the way she was before. No. She has stayed the same. All the nuns have had kept their character development yes. from the first one. Yeah. It's not like we've regressed. We've kept mm-hmm. them there. And I was worried that would happen. Yeah. You know, you said that she's famous now. She's not part of the convent. I was like, they really going to have to fight to get her back? No. No. They're, they're her friends. and She, she doesn't want to be back in the habit, but she'll do it. No. And they tricked her into it again. Yes. <laughs> but. But there's a mutual respect there, which is why they can. Like, even the fact that Mother Superior, in the few moments she is there, is still so loving towards mm-hmm. Dolores. Yeah. She has kept her growth as well. It's not like she's gone back to the old ways. Yes. Yeah, because when we meet Maggie Smith, we travel back to... But she looks so sad and so broken at this point. She's very run down. It's yeah. definitely not like teaching at Hogwarts, is it? No, definitely not. She has a bit more authority teaching at Hogwarts. Yeah. Well, you get the sense that she doesn't teach. No, she doesn't. But she's heard of what's going on. The only yeah. ones that teach are Mary Lazarus, Mary Roberts and Mary Patrick. Mm-hmm. They're and the only the ones guys, that teach. Yeah. yeah. So she doesn't teach there, but she's heard the stories and she knows what they're up against. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg is dressed in a really powerful blue power suit. Yes. In this scene. Like, yeah, she is. The stylist... I mean, obviously, she's in the habit for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. But the stylist for, like, the first 10 minutes of Whoopi Goldberg is brilliant. Yeah. It just fits her so well. And mm-hmm. this character of Dolores as well. Mother Superior is overjoyed to see Dolores. And it's such a difference from the first one where she was, like, rolling her eyes like, nope. Yeah. To being like, yes. Okay. And we get this nice moment when they're going to pray at the altar and Dolores can't do the cross gesture. And she just waves her hands in front of her. Yeah, so Maggie Smith, who is the Reverend Mother, I guess. Is that what they call her? Reverend Mother or Mother Superior. Mother Superior, yeah. And she crosses herself as she goes to sit in the pew. Can you tell that I was raised at a Catholic school? Yes. Um, And uh, Dolores goes in before her, doesn't do it, looks back and realises that, oh, she should have crossed herself and then just sort of waves her hands around. I think she gets the, the up, down, left, right, kind of there, but then she just waves her hand. Yeah. She has, like, most of the gesture, but she goes to do it one, one time too many, yeah, maybe. Yeah, she does, and it's great. But it's good. Like, it's it's a small detail that just shows that she's still the same Dolores that we yeah. knew from the first one. She's not completely different. And it emerges that the plot is they would like her to teach music. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is a big old ask. For her to suddenly be a teacher. Yeah, because she's giving up, like, her career for this. Mm-hmm. She says that. Yeah. She and it says is it a, to Maggie Smith. But it is a big ask of Mother Superior. It's not like they're indebted to Dolores for housing her while she was in witness protection. Because I feel like it was a mutually beneficial arrangement. They got a massive arrangement. Um, check for having her. Well, so. they got the Pope there as well. Oh, well, yeah, that too. Dolores doesn't owe them anything at this point, And it is a big ask. No, I know. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, it's a big thing to ask her. But obviously, the Dolores that we now have... Yes. ...recognises the importance of charity. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's a big ask, but she's very willing to do it. Yeah. And she even says, like, we're not going to talk about the, the length. We'll, we'll do it until we've got things right. Mm-hmm. She's not saying we'll do it for two weeks and we'll see. 
Yeah. She's quite happy to stay, even though Mother Superior's like, we'll see it, we'll take it a month. Yeah. Dolores is like, no, we'll do it as long as it takes. Yeah. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I like when... <laughs> I really like that Mother Superior refers to her as infectious. Yeah. She is infectious. Which great. I just think is funny. And she's like... um, that's a that's a great way to describe me. Yeah, it's not the word I would use, but yeah. okay. And I really like the lines here that we get from Mother Superior. You're a perfect example of how a sow's ear can be turned into a silk purse. And I wouldn't use guilt. I'm a nun. Yeah. So she has got some bangers in mm-hmm. this one. And I really liked that. Like their their interaction is great. Yeah. And when they use Maggie Smith, they use her brilliantly. Yeah, they do. The fathers are very strict. Yeah. Apparently they won't accept non-nuns as teaching staff. So that's why she has to dress in the habit. Well, I assume as well they would have to pay somebody. Yeah, but... Somebody who wasn't a nun would have to have a teaching degree. But, so this is how they're getting around which, it. Which fair, if it, if it's a case of paying. Yeah. But again, she'd say, no, I'm doing it for charity. I'm doing it to support the school, to support the nuns yeah, and the students. Yeah, in which case she would have to have a teaching degree. Yeah. I don't understand how nuns I don't can teach in school. I don't understand why it matters so much about her, them having to hide who she is. Surely they'd be the, happy for... As if this school is going to be like this Vegas singer. If Mother Superior vouched for her, that should be enough. No. Anyway, for the... And do you not think the kids might have had more respect for her from the get-go if she was just Dolores? Well, that's not the point. I know it's not the point. But they've made things more difficult for themselves. And they made things more difficult for her because they didn't tell her the story. They didn't tell her her alibi. And they were cutting forward a few scenes. Oh, no, that's so funny. It is funny. But poor Dolores is there to do them a favour. And they're not even, like, helping her. No. And I love that Father Patrick. I don't. Honestly, I didn't get any of the male characters' names. They, They... Father Ignatius... Right, all of the men. We have Father Wolfgang, Father Thomas, it's Father, Father Wolfgang Ignatius. the cook. Yeah, he's and the worst. Father Maurice. Yeah. Maurice is the the oldest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then Michael Jeter is Ignatius, and then Wolfgang's the cook. So Thomas is the other one. Nice. They just. <laughs> I think it's my one critique. There was too many of these these new characters added in. Mm-hmm. From from that perspective, and I didn't care about any of them. Yeah, that's fair enough. And maybe had they just got... Because there's one who just always looked grumpy and mean at them. And it was never really explained why he was grumpy and mean. The one who drove. Oh, Thomas, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get uh, much depth from their characters. Michael Jeter seemed nice. Yeah, but that was just Michael Jeter. Yeah, and... <laughs> I don't think anyone did any acting. I would, uh, I would say you probably only needed to have three of the male characters added. The head teacher, mm-hmm. Father Thomas, mm-hmm. and Father Ignatius. Yeah. I'd have just had those three. Yeah. And you can put more time developing them as mm-hmm. opposed to them having faceless fathers. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. And I, I said, is she going to turn the father around like she did Mother Superior? Well, kind of, but not with the same arc, because I don't care as much about the fathers. Yeah, they don't really spend enough time together to no, warrant exactly. any of that. But we learn that they do really care about the kids. Yes. So that's what's important. And here. we do, yeah, that's really important. And we meet Mr. Crisp. Mm-hmm. And Crispy. 
Yeah, she doesn't suffer his nonsense. Yeah, and he keeps getting her name wrong. And, and he she does corrects it him. Over and over again. But I think that's probably because the nuns would stay quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Because who cares? It's a trivial thing compared to matters of the spirit. Sure. Whoopi Goldberg's not a nun. Yeah. She so care. she's not going to put up with his... But you can tell yeah. that none of them like him. Even the priests don't like this guy. Yeah. And they kind of just seem to be putting up with him. Yeah, because they don't have the sway or the power to say no to him. Mm-hmm. They are they, they, they see this as this is their lot in life. They will go through these hardships, but they will be rewarded on a spiritual plane. Sure. But... They're just going to endure it. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have to part with that and inspires them to want better. Mm-hmm. The worst cook. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of Kathy and Jimmy's best jokes yeah. as well. And the food needs a prayer. Yeah. I love that even these priests and nuns who have probably had the worst conditions mm. still have to pray because this food is awful. Yeah. I love that, that Father Maurice looks at the food and looks at everyone and goes, this needs a prayer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like at this point, I'm all for these new characters because they're great, but they don't really evolve. They don't really go anywhere. The principal shares his pedagogy. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how we do things here. Mm-hmm. My personal view, mm-hmm. discipline. <laughs> Anything else? No. No, that's it. Cool. But this is after she's had that really difficult backstory type bit where she was like, oh, I was working in a, in a prison and, and I, I hated it. Oh, I was led to believe you, you found it quite rewarding. Well, I, I, I did find it rewarding, but obviously we as nuns aren't supposed to find things rewarding. And it just felt yeah. she's doing you a favour. But she does a really good job of getting out of it. She does. Because Father Maurice is just like, oh, oh, yes, I understand, yeah. of course. But... I don't think he's fully sold. I think he's he, this because he then goes to Mother Superior and is like, "Is there anything I should know?" Yeah, he's like, "She's a bit weird." And all of this could have been avoided had they just said, "Right, this is your backstory," mm-hmm. and she'd be prepared. I just you're doing her a favor. It's a funny situation, and yes, like you said, I'm looking way too much in in yeah. in depth at this scene. Mm-hmm. But come on, if you were doing me a favor like that, do you really think I'm going to throw you in the deep end there? And she'd be like, "Good luck." <laughs> President John Adams. But that's what teaching is. Good luck. Just being thrown in the deep end yeah. all the time. But I'd at least, if you had to have an intricate backstory, I would have briefed you on what that backstory is. I, I, but it does lead to one of the best lines of this film. Mm. She she leaves and and her her nun friends are there, mm-hmm. and she says, "You lied to me, and you're going to go to hell." And they're going. It's worth it. It's You're worth all, all of that criticism ah. for that one joke. Yeah, it's great. And these poor kids, you know, they're so bored. We we go to Kathy and Jimmy's lesson and they're just so bored. And she's trying to talk about... Promiscuity. Promiscuity. Yes. And they're like, excuse me, but surely you shouldn't be talking to us about this? Like, what do you know about this? And she replies with the best line. Yeah. You don't have to bite the donut to know it's sweet. Which is hilarious. I wish we could have seen like their like shocked reactions, like jaws on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, what lesson is she teaching? She says later, it's sex ed. Mm-hmm. So they, it says it on the board behind her. I didn't pay attention to oh, that. Yeah, it's the sex ed yeah. on the board behind her. 
Yeah. We see Father Thomas is teaching Latin and all of the kids are just asleep in his yeah. class. Yeah, and he doesn't even Because he's not even speaking, he's not even translating anything. He's just saying nouns, yeah. which is terrible. <laughs> yeah. But she goes into her music room mm-hmm. and she has some great banter with them all, mm-hmm. which was which was good. I think she made a really good start with Sketch. She really does, yeah. It's a really positive start with Sketch. I was thinking that too. Because she encourages his ability. Yeah. She doesn't tell him off. Yeah. It's very much, this is great. Can you not do it here? But that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, she actually takes an interest in him. Yeah. And because I think she gets, even though they don't necessarily like her at first, mm-hmm. they at least maybe feel respected. Like, yeah. she starts off on a really good level with them. If she'd gone and was like sketch, that's a waste of time. Blah blah blah. They they should. They never... would have nothing. Yeah. But it would it would make no sense when they do turn around. Mm-hmm. She does start off and she shows a willingness to work with them. Yeah. Rita explains this is a bird course because they fly through to pass. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. You just show up and you pass. Yeah. And we're establishing now that they, she has no control over this classroom, mm-hmm. and they just get up and they do whatever they want. Yeah. Cool. She asks where the music books are. And they point up to the, the ceiling. When and they... they've turned the music books into like spitballs and yeah. thrown them at the ceiling, which is grim. We meet a range of these different kids at this point. So we meet Frank A, which yeah. is cool. Yep. We meet Amal, who is, I can't remember what his, his other name is. Yeah. But he introduces himself and says that his, his true name is Amal something. Yes. And... He says it means he who is spirited. And Whoopi Goldberg says, yeah, and long-winded. Yeah. There's some really nice interactions here. Mm. Like, I feel like she's not being a stuck-up nun. Yeah. That they're expecting to come in and teach this lesson. Like, she's still got her Dolores. She's giving it back. And the first thing she does is she makes a your mama joke. So yeah. Like... <laughs> no, exactly. So mm-hmm. we meet a few of these key kids. I think Rita being the, the, the most important kid at this point in time that we meet. Yeah, she's going to be our protagonist of the kids section. Yes. Which is a shame for Amal. Yeah, because he's cute. But also when they sing Oh Happy Day, like he's really painted as this big important character and then he's marginalised mm-hmm. at the end, which I don't think is fair. Yeah. I think... Um, we also meet Whoopi Goldberg's daughter. Yes, her actual Alex daughter. Alex Martin, yeah. Who is in got... this class. Yeah, she's Rita's best friend, the one that sings with Rita. No. Oh, okay. I no, thought... she's... Just one of the she's one of the girls that's making the your mama jokes when cool. they go into the room. Yeah, it, this is a nice introduction. Mm-hmm. You know, I I really liked this. Yeah. And then we go to, I guess, the staff room. With Whoopi Goldberg demanding money for resources. I think it's it's Father Maurice's office. Yeah, but she says we need resources. How can I teach music without books or instruments? And Mister Crisp claims there's no money. And she replies, and yet they can afford to pay you. Yeah. Which, this is the first time she calls him crispy as yeah, well. Yeah, which Father Maurice kind of laughs at and then composes himself. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean. And he's asking for early retirement, which means he's going to get a lot of money. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, I'd like more of his character here at this point. So I, I know he's a, he's a Roman. Mm-hmm. But I'd like more of his like attempts to sabotage the school or kind of lead the school to closure so that he can get his way yeah it just feels very much like there's a whole subplot that we're not getting mm-hmm. we get the rap battle like, yeah I've, i thought this is really impressive and i can see a lot of where school of rock got its plot from yeah and this is freestyled as well 
Yeah, because Whoopi Goldberg discovers them and she's like, wow, they have talent. Mm -hmm. Like, this is really important to see that they're not just bad kids. They have active interests. And her rap was great as well. Like, obviously, it's not as refined as theirs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, I don't think she embarrassed herself with it. No, it's just, it would be, I guess, cringe if you were a teenager. You'd be like, oh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like, I'm not going to go into my classroom rap like that (laughs) because, you know, it, it, it just wouldn't work. And you can tell they think it's cringe, but it's quite a nice moment. But yeah. then we get a weird scene after. Because I thought this way, okay, they're going to start respecting her more and more. But they conspire to get rid of Dolores. Yes, because she's starting already to make changes and they don't like it. Yeah, because they want the, the bird course. Mm-hmm. Fair. The man... But they're interested in music. This is it. Like There's, there's, an, there's an interest there that they could still get something out of it yeah but obviously whatever their whoever their music teacher was before whatever they were supposed to be learning in music yeah was not music they could connect to yeah at all so they were obviously doing like classical music or something and it's not something they thought they were learning anything from yeah which is fair which is fair enough which also i think lazarus was their last music teacher so Basically the exact same as Sister Act 1, like what she was doing with the choir. Yeah. Fair. Sketch gets called in because he's supposed to be working yeah. by his dad, who is played by Bill Duke. Was that his dad? Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was meant to be his dad. I thought it was his yeah. boss. But yeah, he's he's got a job. Rita's beckoned in by her mum. Mm-hmm. Her mum seems nice at this point. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow to hate her mum. Same. <laughs> her mum seems nice at this point. Like her mum's like getting in study. Yeah. And thinking, cool, okay, you're getting her off the streets and, mm-hmm. and getting her out of trouble and you're involved in her education. Good. Yes. Very involved in her education. Well, which is it's, a good it, thing. Yeah. I have a lot to say about so her. So do mom. I. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. I thought we were gonna get the start of a montage of them sabotaging Dolores' attempts to teach them, but we get just one prank. <laughs> we get the best prank. Yes, but the way the the way the film set it up, I thought it was going to be a montage. Mm-hmm. I'm quite glad that it was just one, as opposed to like, yeah, you know, a lot. Mm-mm. So it's the glue on the seat. Yeah, and she knows something's up. Yeah, because they've been pod people. Yes, I saw a, a scene like this once in a horror film. Yeah, and she walks in. They just sat there quietly, and. <laughs> She says she's got an eclectic taste in music. Yeah. And I think it's Frank K. No, it's the little nerdy kid who sits at the front. I can't oh, remember it's, what his it's name is. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler. is like he it's electric and people are like not electric, eclectic. And Tyler stops Delora sitting down. And the suspense here is great because every time she goes to sit down, everyone's on the edge and Tyler's like, What? And she stands back up and everyone's yeah. like, Oh it happens two or three times before mm-hmm. she then sits down. Everyone cheers. Yes. And she thinks they're cheering because she's talking about Diana Ross and the Supremes. Yeah. And she's like, yes, your fellow classmates say yes, because they were amazing. And, and they're and all she, yeah. actually... And then she goes to stand up again. Mm-hmm. And then we get a nice little moment when she's going up the corridor in her chair. Yeah. And it must be on a small incline because she stops mm-hmm. and just rolls backwards. Yeah. Silly little scene. Lovely bit of comedy. And I really liked it. I do feel bad for her because she is trying her hardest. Uh, she is but this is kind of funny and it almost feels like she's gonna quit at this point Mm -hmm. but the nuns keep her there and she's like i'm not leaving and they fully expect her to they go into a room and they're like we understand you must hate us yeah she's like i'm not giving up and they're they're surprised yeah 
but she this is when the plot really starts to kick well, off. I really think if if she'd have given up then nobody would have been able to teach these no. kids ever again because they would realize that they'd won oh yeah 100% that class would be unteachable Dolores goes back to the school and she overhears plans to close the school at the end of the semester because it's be more valuable as a parking lot than a school so the school board are with crispy and father maurice mm -hmm. and this is their plan and because crispy is such a big part of this he's gonna get you know big bonus of early retirement and she starts thinking about this can't happen if we're going to go out, we're going to go out with a bang. And she inspires the other teachers to make that change. We then get a really nice sequence between Father Maurice and Mother Superior. Yes. You know, she's not your conventional nun, is she? No. And Mother Superior just preaches about why Dolores is so, so good. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I found her ways extreme at first. But the more I listen to her, the more things change for the better. And I really like the idea that Mother Superior is once deemed radical as Dolores is. Because she says the line to Father Maurice. It's like, do you remember when we were young and we were deemed radical? Yeah. It's quite nice that actually, yes, she's stuffy in the old film. Yeah. However, she's stuck in ways that when she would have started those ways would have really changed the environment she was in. Yeah. And I like that. We go back to class and Jennifer Love Hewitt is told to stop doing her makeup. Yes, she is. I love that in the credits for this, her name is Jennifer Hewitt, but Love is in quotation marks, yeah, which is Jennifer is... Love Hewitt. Yeah, it's pre her making that her name officially. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I was like, huh, ah, mm -hmm. interesting. And she says R-E-S-P-C-T on both sides. I think that's really, really important. That she, what? <laughs> you spell it wrong. <laughs> R e s p c t. You didn't say the e. <laughs> I know because it's p e c t. You don't. R e s p e c t. I thought the song was R e s p e c t. <laughs> is there an actual e in that bit? It's R e s p e c t. I thought you never hear it because p. <laughs> I thought it was just really clever. <laughs> I always thought it was just a really clever song because no. they've noticed P sounds like E. No. Oopsie doodle. <laughs> so I think this is important that she does say to the kids that she is going to work to respect them more, mm -hmm. but they need to respect her back. Yeah. And I like that. It's it, She's going in with the attitude of, I need to earn your respect, but you need to earn my respect. Mm -hmm. We're going to respect one another. And I do think it's really clever the way she pits the class against Rita. Yes. Because Rita's now lost all her power. Rita's like, we don't care. Come on, everyone, stand up. And they all go to leave. She goes, that's fine. But you'll all fail. You'll all fail. And the kids all sit down. They're like, we really need this grade. Mm -hmm. So Rita storms out. She wants to go back in, but she doesn't, despite herself. And she stalks off. Yes. This is where I start to think, as if Rita's mum is going to be okay with this. Like her, she, her mum is so obsessed with her. Grades. I don't think Rita's mum would know though. Like, who's telling her? Are the nuns ringing home? 
I guess, but it would show up on her report, surely. But we'd, we've only got a semester left. I suppose that's They true. wouldn't have a reporting process in that time. We go back to the faculty and Dolores preaches about revamping the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Creativity is the key and it works. And it's a really great wake-up call for everyone. Yeah. And this is when she gets the creative idea to turn her music class into a choir. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like met by this idea because I think they think choir is this old fashioned thing. Yeah. And she's going to work with them. She's going to take their creative sides and, and help improve that. Mm-hmm. And we get the beat goes on. Yes. I think that's what it's called. Oh, Ball of Confusion. Yes. yes. So we go to the. It's what the world is today. Old home. And the kids go on a senior centre, yeah. Senior centre. The kids go on this field trip. Mm -hmm. So I get the point of this song was to showcase that choir doesn't have to be this boring, fuddy duddy thing. Right. However, when have these nuns ever sung like this? This is the thing, is because it does feel like a free-for-all. Kathy and Jimmy's going back to what she was pre-Dolores. It felt so messy. Like, they've gone back to what they were like before. But she's not their choir director anymore. I know, but it wasn't a good example of what they were capable of. No. But I think the point that she was trying to make with it was... Choir can be cool. Yeah. But also, like, it is hard to get up and sing in front of people. And No, so this is it. I think she's trying to show them it can be cool. But I really like the bit where she says to them before the nuns get on the bus, now whatever happens, whatever your personal thoughts are, that is difficult to step up and you show these women respect. Mm. And they do, they get enough. And she says, do not embarrass them, and do not embarrass me. Yeah. And I love, as a teacher, there have been so many times that I've said that to classes where I've been like, do not embarrass me right now, guys, yeah. because this is, what you do does reflect on But me. what I like here is the fact that there's no back chat they do as they're told. Mm, they do it. Because in the, even though they've been painted as this difficult group, they still care. Yeah. They talked about how... They're not mean kids. No, they're not. They just, they're disinterested. Mm-hmm. And there's a really nice bit where they're talking about how choir's not cool, it will affect our image. And to her credit, Dolores doesn't be like, your images, who cares? She listens to their concerns and she takes them on board. Yeah. You know, I think it's a really nice scene. Mm-hmm. They get back to... The school and is it father thomas yeah again he's grumpy for no reason why does he want he's to take just a grumpy dude yeah, but why why does he seem so happy that dolores is going to get in trouble i get that he's supposed to be mary lazarus i feel like he has nothing else to do yeah can you just give me some like a little bit more depth about him i just love that when they all look out the window to see why he's standing there yeah. the bus tips a little bit because yeah. <laughs> they're all on one side of it and then they're all, all the kids are just in this joke with her. Yeah. Like she, they, at this point, have some respect for her, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I just, yeah. He's just, he's very happy that she's going to get in trouble. And she does get in trouble for the unauthorised field trip. Mm-hmm. But this, it felt weird because the kids have heard the school's closing and they're not happy. So even, I don't know how they start to hear these rumours. No, so while she is stood talking to father maurice yeah about how the school's going to be closed frank a 
and Sketch are at the door at the back. Oh, that's what it was. So they actually yeah, heard they it. heard the whole conversation. That's how they found out. I missed out. that bit whilst I was taking my notes. Mm-hmm. But they, to their credit, again, they're not kids who are like, yeah, school's out. Woohoo. They're disappointed. They want an education. They want to see it through. Yeah, Sketch says nobody in his family has ever passed, graduated from high school and he doesn't want to be that person. And I think that's great. You're showing that these are kids who genuinely want to do well, but Mm -hmm. they've already, they have got it up against them because they are in an area where maybe it's impoverished and they are getting a free education, yes, but an education with no resources. Yeah. Of course they're going to be disinterested and they've got non-trained specialists teaching them Mm -hmm. i've always said that it's passion that makes a good teacher yeah and these nuns and the fathers no no offense to them Mm -hmm. they're not passionate not about the subjects that they're teaching no dolores is passionate and that's why she's perfect as the music teacher that's why she makes a difference because her passion infectious Mm -hmm. and there's some good teaching here as she starts to encourage each student to perform the choir in their own style yeah. She welcomes the rat. Mm-hmm. She welcomes whatever they want to do. Mary may have that little lamb. If she didn't have a lamb, she might have had a cat or a dog. We're not going to laugh at her for that. Yeah. And she gives them each an opportunity to perform it in their own way. And she empowers them brilliantly. Mm. I love that when, again, Sketch and Frank A sing Mary Had a Little Lamb, Sketch said, his feet were white as snow. And Frank A's like, no, please. Try again. <laughs> it's really cute. There's a nice bit where we see Rita staring through the window in the new choir room. And mm-hmm. Whoopi sees her and tries to beckon her back in and she just walks off. I really like that she tries to welcome Rita back. Yeah, that she's not ignoring her or trying to make her feel unwelcome. She's like, you you just need to choose. You, cho- you I'm, You're welcome whenever you want to come back. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Eyes on a Sparrow. This is a really nice moment just to mm-hmm. show how talented the kids are. Yeah, so this is Lauren Hill singing with Tanya Blount. Yes. Who has... Beautiful voice. They both and have when they sing together, voices. it's amazing. Rita wants to sing, but Mum says it's a dead end, and this is where we start to get more of the kind of sense of what her mum is really like. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm thinking how much of this is teenage girl being like, "Oh, my mum says no," yeah, and thinking mum's not supportive mm-hmm. because teenagers. Whereas actually, her mum is just really unsupportive. A hundred percent. Mary Roberts tries to encourage Rita to return to the choir. Yeah. And she champions Rita, even though Delice doesn't get it. At this point, Delice is like, no, she mm-hmm. made her choice. But Mary Roberts is like, trust me, There's she something needs else this. Here. Yeah. She needs you. Mm-hmm. And Delice goes with it. I've yeah. always said, like, kids need champions. Mm-hmm. And that's how you win them. And Dolores agrees to champion Rita, encourages Rita, inspires her. And she does return and she gets stuck in. She reads the book. Yes. Yeah, so Dolores gives her this book where, and she says to her, basically, if the only thing you can think of when you wake up every day is singing, then you're supposed to be a singer. Yeah. Which, and the point is that that goes for anything. Yeah, if, if there's you, only one thing you can think of every that's day. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I like that when she does return to the choir, she just sits down and she sings and she puts her hands up and waves and she yeah. just smiles. She's joining in. It's the first time I've seen Rita smile. Yeah, that's true. Because she's, she's going to do what she's wanted. Mm-hmm. And we get this really lovely montage as they get better and they become more of a community. They paint the choir room yep. with a really beautiful mural and yeah, it just becomes sketch. theirs. Mm-hmm. And you feel over the, this period of time like them grow closer as a group. Yeah, It's a really successful montage. We don't need to see all of these sections individually. It serves its purpose brilliantly. Mm-hmm. 
and we go to Oh Happy Day. Yes. We start off with a really small one, which is just a little moment of growth mm-hmm. where she's giving the private one-to-one lesson and yep. encouraging the voice. And it's like, I can barely hear you. How are you going to change any voices? You want people to listen to you with mm-hmm. your political beliefs. No one's going to listen to you. You've got to, you've got to project. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Oh Happy Day. Yes. How daunting for these kids performing in assembly. In front of the other kids. And they were they were already worried about their reputation. Exactly. And if you imagine this class is the way they are, mm-hmm. the rest of the school must be like that. Yeah. But they slowly get in the groove. They have to follow Dolores' lead. Mm-hmm. La, 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 la. Yeah, because they're supposed to be following Amal, yeah. Ryan Toby's character. But he's very, very... He's nervous. Nervous. Yeah. Understandably so. So she takes over the lead. And, and then his energy and his enthusiasm mm. grows from that. And he's walking amongst everyone else. Mm-hmm. You have the nuns and the friars just kind of wow. And it works really, really well. And at the end of this song. Yes. He hits the most amazing note. Mm-hmm. So much so that there's shock on Dolores' face when it happens. Yeah. And I guess the point is. They didn't rehearse this and he decided to just take it up. That's fine. Yeah. But when, and this is something that one of Musical Mash's friends says in the episode where they watch Sister Act 2, where else was he going to go? Because if you listen to the note progression as he's singing, there's not really any other note he could have hit. Well, I think he chose to hit the, start that section with the note progression that way. Yeah, yeah. But like... Where else was he going to go? Is kind of when yeah. you listen to it, he has to go up there. Yeah, but I think he made a choice right. at the start of that sequence anyway. That Yeah, character-wise, he made that choice. Yeah, and it's really great. And I'm sad that he doesn't get a big moment at sectionals. He gets a solo. Does he? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't memorable. Okay. <laughs> I feel like... I feel but like that, that end section is about Rita. It's not about I know, else, but really. he should no, but it should be the whole group. Like mm-hmm. everyone gets moments to shine, you know, like Sketch and Frank A get their moments to shine. Yeah, but he he has a solo. Yeah, but it just wasn't a memorable solo. Okay. Like with more notes like this. Sure. Anyway, they finish singing. And then we cut to the Marys mm-hmm. looking and cleaning through cupboards and they find all these old trophies and it sparks an idea. Mary Lazarus has the best line where she says, and where did it say on the seventh day he dusted? (laughs) Which is great. (laughs) And they decide they are going to enter Mm -hmm. this choir into a national competition. Yes. They're all nervous, but Frank A is eager and he's the voice of reason. Like, what great growth from this character, like, where he's all like, nah, we're not cool enough for this. Like, yeah. He's now, let's do it. And it's off to Hollywood. Yeah, because they make a point, a couple of the characters saying, chances like this don't just happen yeah and also think of the boys in hollywood and the girls like yes please yeah, we're in i like this moment it's a nice kind of we can do this yeah we can do it we can do it i can't do it we can do it <laughs> yeah so they decide that they're gonna get get the band together and come up with a new routine a new song to perform at this yes national championship which actually it's just a regional championship because it's only schools from the like LA area. It doesn't matter. It's a prestigious I'm award. <laughs> I'm just saying. But Drew, we've got a problem. What's the problem? There's no field trips allowed. The horror. Oh, but it's fine because a minute later, it's okay. Well, it's not really a field trip, is it? 
There's no. a difference between a competition and a field trip. Yeah. It's still the same principle. Like, you've got to take the kids away. It's a field trip because you're taking them out of school and they've got to stay somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they say that they would have to stay overnight. Yeah. So they figure out how much money they're going to need. But what I like is they get the line, you're being insubordinate. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And they get permission. But, A, they need to raise the money themselves. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yep. They need parental permission from all. Yes. And at this point, I turned to you and I said, well, they're not going to get Rita's mum's permission, are they? Nope. And we get musical montage number two, and they continue to get better. Mm-hmm. And then we actually meet Rita's mum. Yes. Like, we actually get to see some interaction properly with her. Yeah. Because we've her met name her, is but... Florence Watson. I don't like Florence Watson. No, she's not nice, is she? I understand where she's coming from, right? Rita's dad has obviously died. Yes. We're told that he wanted to be a musician as well. Yeah. And that, you know, he died still chasing that dream. And... Which Rita says, how is that relevant to me? Yeah. Fair enough. And the mum has several jobs, one of which is she works as a part-time hairdresser in her own flat. But then she also has a job where she goes out to work as well. This is my issue. Mm Mm-hmm. She should be encouraging Rita, primarily from the perspective of probably for the first time in years, her daughter has an interest in going to school. Mm-hmm. When do you think Rita's ever been so excited or eager to go to school? I don't think that particularly matters to her mum, though. But that's but the thing I think is, as long as she gets good grades and goes... But she wants to go, therefore she's going to get better grades. Her mum should be like, cool, if you want to go to school, great, and you can do this trip... Yeah. It's getting you to school. You've got a purpose. I don't agree with the music, but at least you're going to get the good grades by going to school and actually having something at stake. Mm-hmm. Surely the better thing to have done here is, yeah, absolutely fine. You can go on this field trip. However, if your grades start to drop because of choir, you're going to have to stop choir. Yeah. That's a fair compromise. You're using her interest to your advantage. Here's what I don't understand, right? She, her whole point is she wants Rita to get a good education and go to college because she never got to do that. Yeah. I understand. However, to get into college, you need other things besides grades. And going and winning a national competition would look so good, especially considering she's going to be the featured soloist. That would look so good on a college um, application. Yeah. At the end of the day... The choir is a good investment in school. Mm-hmm. But Rita's mum nagging and forbidding equals disengagement. Mm-hmm. She's she's achieving the opposite of what she should want to achieve. And she does it in a really nasty way. But I don't think she does it with, like, looking out for Rita's best interests. No. She's, in, she's bitter. Mm-hmm. And she's not a very likeable character. No, I agree. Especially the, because once Rita says that she can't go anymore, yeah, she gets the she gets the backlash for it. Yeah, Rita remains loyal to her mum. She doesn't say my mum's forbid me. No, she takes the criticism because Rita actually cares about her mum. Yeah, it's a shame that at this point in time isn't. She's not going to go and say, oh, well, my mum said I can't. Yeah, because she's loyal to her mum and she cares. It's, it's mm-hmm. such a shame that her mum doesn't have the same respect for Rita. Yeah. The nuns find out it's going to cost them $2,000. Mm-hmm. 
and we get a great line from Mary Lazarus. Don't yeah. look at me. I took a vow of poverty. Hmm. And then Rita comes in and she's like, well, I can't do this. And she walks off and Mary Lazarus shouts, give us back our consent form. <laughs> Mary Roberts turned around and is like, shh. I love that. So Dolores goes to try and see Rita's mum. Yes, she And does. Rita's mum just doesn't even give her a chance. And she's like... She's just even more unlikable here. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't... She's not willing to go to I am working. Go away. Like, no wonder your daughter has not been invested in school for all these years if this is your attitude. Mm-hmm. You actually have a teacher here to talk about your daughter and share some praise and you're not willing to listen to it. Yeah. No wonder she was so disengaged at the start of the film. Mm-hmm. She's not exactly being encouraging. No, she isn't. She isn't. And she's just making everything worse. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine the next, like, however long before the competition starts of Rita's school life are just the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Like, she doesn't care. She's lost the one thing she cared about, so she's not going to bother. Yeah. You know, her peers are alienated away from her as well at this point. She's got nothing. She's not going to go to school and learn. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we even see the shot. She's just basically not allowed out of the house now either yeah. because she sits at her window and is watching all her friends hanging out down yeah. the street. She's lost everything, so mm-hmm. why should she care? Get up out of that thing and dance in the streets. Yes, dancing in the street. This is great. <laughs> yeah, this is a really successful fundraiser. You've got a good audience and loads of filled money baskets. Yes, because Dolores says it's about time this community started looking after the school. Absolutely. Because we teach all of their children. Yeah. Which is true. So they hold their big fundraiser in the schoolyard and the entire community shows up. Yeah. And they're Um, having hot dogs and... Popcorn. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's a really good scene. Dolores is such a great performer. You know, she's not just singing, but she's also like acting along with it. And yeah, they're very close to their total. I think they're... uh, It's like 1,900 something. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. They're only like $60 away. Surely, like... Dolores can cover the last bit with, like, her money from her successful Vegas stint. Well, their point is, they say that they didn't need exactly $2,000. It, it was just sort of about $2,000. Yeah. And we get a really nice line from Kathy and Jimmy. I can't believe you came here and did it again. Aww. Did Kathy and Jimmy not read the script before signing on? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I don't quiet... think anyone wanted to be in this film, though. Really? Whoopi Goldberg didn't want to do a sequel. Seriously? Yeah. But this is what's so interesting is... She only agreed to do the sequel so that they would make another film that she wanted to be in. But I don't feel at any point that they don't want to be there. Mm. Their heart is in it all for all of them. They may not be in it as much as they want, but we are getting Dolores. Yeah. It's not like we're getting a half-hearted performance from Whoopi Goldberg. Mm -hmm. She's all in. I would not have known that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because they seem like they're having a really good time, but she wanted to do this film called Serafina. Yeah. Serafina, which was her dream project. And she only agreed to do this if Disney would fund Serafina. Her vanity project. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I mean, you make compromises if it, if it gets you what you need. Oh, like yeah, for sure. 100% you do that. Why not? So the choir misses Rita mm-hmm. and she decides she's going to forge her mother's signature. Yep. And the school has what they need. At this point, the school are completely covered. They've, they've got a signature. doesn't matter where it came from. They've got their signature. Mm-hmm. But Crisp finds out that Sister Mary is a fake. 
He finds it in the library. Yeah, he finds it. They have the Rolling Stones in the library, apparently. Yeah, I I assume that it's the nuns got a copy of it because they're on it. Yeah. And put it in the yeah the library, but like <laughs> yeah, because he says when he first meets her, you you look familiar to me. Yeah, he's like, I'm sure I've met her before. I mean, she was on TV as a nun as well, so mm-hmm. maybe that's when he saw her. He starts calling her he starts calling her Sister Mary Fake. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't understand why all the other priests would want to help take her down. They seem like gleefully like, yes, let's go on this mission. Let's go and, and, and take her away from the choir. Let's withdraw the choir from this competition. Yeah. I don't understand why they all get this sudden villainous turn. Mm-hmm. Surely they recognise this helps the school. Yeah. So why? I don't understand why they're on board. I really don't understand it. And it just feels like really bad narrative. Yeah, I don't know. I could understand, completely understand, if he threatened them, sort of saying, this school closes and I will have a say in what your next mission is mm-hmm. i can make your 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 lives more difficult or more easy and they go along with it because of that blackmail yeah but to just jump on board and, and do something that's quite evil i don't understand why they would do it with such glee mm-hmm. rita's mum finds the note and we don't know what's happening with her she just looks like angrily at this note yeah but then we go to the competition Ryan Murphy must be a fan of Sister Act. Sure. Because I I feel like this is the inspiration for like the competition episodes of Glee mm-hmm. where we get like different groups but also like zanier kind of weird groups yeah. with their numbers. Yeah, because we've got the, the bomb traps. Yeah, we've got a range of different groups, like really, really different ones. Like mm-hmm. you've got the archetype of a choir. You've got, you know, some really nice little musical interludes here. Yeah. And we see the kids being nervous because they actually care. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about, they're not nervous about embarrassing themselves. They care, they want to win. And we get a group singing Send a Revival. Yep. Are they going to be the chief competition? No. Or is it going to be these three-time state champions that start singing Joyful, Joyful? Right. This group, in real life, are a choir from Chapman University, yeah. which is uh, in Orange County, California. They're introduced... In the, in the film as the Chapman Choir from Orange County's Grant High School because they are a real choir that wins loads of competitions and they were asked to be in this film. Cool. But for this film to work, they have to be a high school group. So they just pretended to be high schoolers. Fine, I like that. That's a cool little like Easter egg in the nice little their moment. Direct, uh, their conductor in this film is their actual conductor. Awesome. And he's also the dean of the school. <laughs> Cool. Which is awesome. I like that. I think that's really nice that they've yeah. actually got like proper groups to do this. Mm-hmm. Crisp arrives. Yeah. After the worst journey, mm-hmm. which again, like, didn't know why we need to see like. We really didn't. I, I don't get that. I could live without the scene yeah. of them driving here. Yeah, it's just weird. But Crisp is a racist. Mm-hmm. Look for the group of kids that look like they stole something from a convenience store. Yeah, he's just a racist. It is. It really is. Like, mm. I wish there'd been more development to his character. I wish they'd made him more racist so we could have him be, like, a, an actual proper... Like, there's the kids hate him because he is 
horrible to them. But he gets away with it because of his position or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. The nuns find out Crisp is here mm. because they speak they to him. They bump into the priests. Yeah, yeah and, and they were like, ha this is what we're going to do. We're going to take down your, your beloved Dolores. And they're like, oh, is she really? We didn't know she oh, was a... Oh, she's not a nun, but she has so many nun-like qualities. Yeah, so they're like, we will help you and we will go find her. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes from that. It's not that like they find her and warn her. No, they warn Maggie Smith. Do they? Yeah. Is that an actual scene? Yeah. Okay, I didn't I must have missed that one. I was okay. writing the note down. No, they, they bump into Maggie Smith and they're like, Crisp's here. And she's like, oh no. So then she <laughs> goes, she's off trying to find Dolores as well. Okay. Well, the kids have said to Dolores mm-hmm. that they sung it better, so we're not going to go on, because what's the point? Yeah. And Dolores inspires them to perform anyway. <laughs> they, they look at this Orange County choir, and they're like, they're like an army. Yeah. And it's nice to see their vulnerable sides. Like, again, they genuinely care. It's not like, oh, we're too cool to be in a choir. They mm-hmm. want to do well. This yeah. might be their one shot, mm-hmm. and they're going to take full advantage. And, of course... They're nervous, but their fight, their instinct is fight or flight, and they choose flight. Yes, because... and Whoopi Goldberg says that to them. That's their MO. Yeah. They always run away if something's too difficult. And how are you ever going to get better if you don't face it head on? She's great. Like, mm-hmm. she's really landed in this teaching profession really well. Yeah, she really has. Like, Dolores is a very adaptable person. She wasn't a nun, but she became a great nun. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't a, really a teacher, and she's a great teacher. And then the kids are really excited when they, they bump into Father Maurice. Yeah, this is like, so cute. It's a really cute. It's like, oh, wow, you've come to support us. We didn't think mm-hmm. you cared. And he's like, there's probably the first time in his his teaching career yeah. that these kids have said something nice to him. Mm-hmm. And he changes his tune because he sees their glow. He's I like, you all look like angels. Good you for him. Amazing. Like, yeah. I really like that term good for his character. Good teaching. <laughs> yeah, I really liked the term there that he's like, I, I want them to perform. Mm-hmm. So then Crisp is all like angry. Yeah. And then all the father, fathers change their tunes and they lock him in a cupboard yep. using one of the German sausages to yep. lock the door. This is very sudden. I can understand Father Ignatius. Mm-hmm. Ignatius always seemed to be on their yeah, side. But why Father Thomas? I think Father Thomas just takes his cue from Maurice. Yeah. Can we just have more throughout this film that establishes mm-hmm. their dynamic? Because I feel like you've got nice parallels with with the other nuns. So mm-hmm. uh, Father Maurice is Mary Lazarus. Yeah. And Michael Jeter is Catherine Jimmy. Yes, but then this is it. Mary Roberts isn't Father Thomas. Or maybe he's the complete opposite of And that's the point. But maybe. Could yeah, but why should we have to draw those conclusions? Why was the script not making like I don't think they are supposed to be foils to each other though. I'm not saying foils. But like parallels. Yeah, but I don't think they're supposed to be. I just really wanted more depth because this felt very sudden. Mm. You know. We go to the final musical number. Yes. As they sing Joyful, Joyful. Rita's mum shows up. I'm thinking, Right, Yay! is she supposed to start and it, singing? it really does phase her. And mm. you see the judge and everyone's going, oh, down, mark that. Yep. But it's only momentarily. And yeah. While Rita is singing the opening of this which her the girl behind her who is signing yeah and the boy who's playing the piano all have robes on um, while they're in the wings they are told the rest of them shed your robes take off their robes because if we're going out there we're going to be comfortable or at least one of us is yeah 
some of them. It's a thing that she's done throughout this is she's constantly rearranging her habit. And I like that. Like whenever we see... Yeah, she's not comfortable in it. Yeah, and it's a really nice little thing. I really love the way that this song is performed by their choir. It is so much better because there's more life to it. Yep. The way they incorporate the rap and the R&B elements are just amazing mm. here. Like it is, there's so much life to look at it. And it not just standing there in these robes. They're dancing, they're having the time of their life on stage. Yep. And that deserved a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point where I'm thinking, right, St. Francis should win. Like yeah. 100% they should win because they were better than the other groups we've seen. Mm-hmm. However... Is this going to go the school of rock route of having, like, even though they should win? They're too different, so mm. they can't. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. I'm so glad they won. They they genuinely deserve to win. And I think it's the point of this film. Mm-hmm. They needed the win. Yeah. And they get it. And the choir saves the school. Yes. But. Because the school board's like, yeah, we, we can't shut down a school that's got a championship Yeah, because Maggie Smith says it to them. The school that is just one is the school you are closing. And they're like, no, we're not closing. Yeah. Here's my question, though. They're going to want to nurture this choir. Mm-hmm. The majority of these kids are moving on to college next year. Yeah. But the majority of these kids are gone. Dolores isn't sticking around to teach the choir. No, but I'm assuming Catherine and Jimmy can take over. But, I think if you gave it to Kathy and Jimmy, Mary Roberts and Lazarus, yeah. they would all collectively do a good job of that. But are they going to inspire the kids that haven't been taught by Dolores the same way? I would assume she would still be like a creative consultant. She's going to be in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those great ending moments like, yes, the school is saved. We're not thinking into the long run. We're not thinking into the long run. No. Do not think ahead. Do not think ahead. Mother Superior beats Mr. Crisp, which I think is great. She calls him crispy as yeah, well. Yeah, I think it's really great. It, she does She does the same thing that Dolores does for her, but not mm. in a, like... When Dolores did it for Mother Superior, it wasn't in a disingenuous way. It was, I, I'm, I'm going to put the blame on you, but in the hopes that things will continue. Yeah. It wasn't done to undermine her. It was done because... She's in charge of everything, nothing. Like, it was done for the right reasons when Dolores yeah, yeah. did it. Here, it's totally like, ha, got you. Yeah, screw you. It's like, you won't have earlier time. In fact, we're going to put you into another school, and a harder school. Than this is. Great. Yeah. I mean... And he gets really huffy, and Maggie Smith looks at him and says, go with God, Crispy. And I like that, but I just... It, oh, we skipped over my favourite Kathleen and Jimmy line. What was your favourite? When they're getting ready to go on stage. Yes. Yeah. She, one of the boys, I think it's Frank A, rips his, his robe. Oh, yeah. And she says, well, my mother used to always say there's nothing in the world you can't fix with a great big smile and a big roll of duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> that a, is true. But the whole bit where she's doing the makeup, there's some really good comedy moments mm-hmm. there. Like, where she's like, ah, less of that. Yeah. <laughs> Even she's like, no, I'm not touching that with a barge pole. Yeah. All of, the whole scene of them getting ready to go on is great. Yeah, we do get the worst instance of breaking the fourth wall the ever. best instance of breaking the i didn't need ever. that I... so kathina jimmy and mary roberts are walking along talking about how great it is that dolores is going to get to go back and be on stage in vegas again she's a vegas showgirl yeah and the i think it's frank a and maria overhear it and are like vegas and then look straight into the camera incredible honestly i hated it incredible <laughs> I'm a fan of breaking the fourth wall, 
but I'm a fan of it when it kind of already exists within the universe and it's not done so on the nose. I love it. Like, it just doesn't It's so fit, cheesy, it's But great. it doesn't fit this world. So it just doesn't kind of, matter, it's fun. Yeah, I don't think it's fun. Do what's fun. Rita's mum changes her tune, mm-hmm. which I think is really nice. It's nice to see her admit to being wrong. Yeah, she, yeah. It's not a case of like, well, you've had your moment back to work. She's like, I was wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Cool. Redeemed for yeah. me. You know, that you feel like their relationship will be better. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's talking to her about how she's a showgirl. And she's like, honey, I am not a showgirl. I am a headliner. And then we get my favourite part of all of these movies. Now, wait a minute. Ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> The, the credits here credits were great. Yeah, they were really good credits. And like a really good song to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, because you'd said to me like, now wait a minute, happened at the end of the credits in the last film. Yeah. And I thought it was going to happen at the end of the credits here. But I like that it starts off no, the credits. it starts the credits. System. thing is, she was never a showgirl anyway. Like you think of showgirls and you think like having the feathers during the can-can. No, that's her point. Yeah. But I like that everyone is so like, uneducated about what it is they just assume that and like all the kids must have this really weird image of Dolores well so the nuns won't know what that is no but But the kids imagine in that moment when they hear that their teacher isn't a number showgirl they are imagining her in like a unitard with like feathers doing the can-can sure like that's That's probably that's what you imagine yeah 100% (laughs) and that is Sister Act 2 what was your favourite song Joyful Joyful yeah I, I really like the energy they were brought to it and like how it, eclectic it was. Mm-hmm. There was electricity, but it was eclectic. Electricity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I My skip song was The Beat Goes On. I just didn't like the nun's performance in that one. Confusion. Yeah. That's what the world is today. It, <laughs> like I say, it just felt that they'd gone back. Yeah, we didn't need this. Like even Kathy and the Jimmy's voice in that one is just what it was before. Before Dolores had, had like changed it, I I think it's a great scene to have. I just think the song needs to be a little bit more Dolores led, mm-hmm. as opposed to what they've become. Because it, yeah, Kathy and Jimmy singing with her big voice, which is great. Yeah, but it just doesn't feel like what she became during Sister Act One. Mm-hmm. It's the one bit where it feels like they've regressed. Yeah, what is your best song? Also joyful, joyful. Oh, I love the kids singing Oh Happy Day. That yeah. is amazing. Such a great moment. Oh, yeah. And especially because it, it gets better. But I think mm. it's because it isn't, cons- it's not there from the start. It gradually gets better. Yeah. But joyful, joyful is just so great the it's whole time. It's polished and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's a really triumphant way to end this film. Like the Ain't No Mountain High Enough is great as well. But I think in terms... I- for me, that doesn't feel like an actual part of the film. It's the credits. Yeah. It's not like last week where we have the metal killer say, singing like, thanks for sticking around. Mm-hmm. This is just like a footnote to the the film. Yeah. Joyful, joyful is this perfect culmination in the characters' journeys. Yeah. What would you say is your skip song? I agree with you. Wow. All of confusion. I might be the first time we've ever like... Had the same skip song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's just because it doesn't fit with the tone of the rest of the show. No. And it doesn't sound great. So I would probably skip it. Yeah. But I don't, I also don't think I would listen to this whole album. I probably wouldn't listen to many of them. Like, I don't think many of them are going to get on my um, Spotify playlist, to be completely candid. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like, again, yes, it's a musical. And this one does feel more musical than the last one. Mm -hmm. But I don't really feel like it's a musical. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
you know. And yet here we are. And yet here we are discussing it. Who's your MVP? Uh, Rita. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I still think it's Dolores. Yeah. Might be the first time I've given my MVP to the same person. Twice. But I just think... Like, I just think the depth of emotion you feel from Rita and knowing that she isn't just being the like angsty teen character and that she has known actual hardship yeah. and that the way that her mum is treating her is wrong. No, Rita's journey is fantastic, but mm-hmm. I just really like that Whoopi continues to go from strength to strength. Oh yeah, She's not regressed. Sure. She has stayed where she was mm-hmm. and we now see a different side to her. And her journey just is going upwards instead of it goes back down to go back up. Like it's it, most sequels would take it that she completely forgot everything and she had to find she her. She needs groove. to relearn it. Yeah. Yeah. So I quite liked that. Yeah. We, no, I'm glad they didn't do that. You know, a bit more of a difficult one than usually. Mm-hmm. But which role would you want to play? Kathy and Jimmy. You still want to be Kathy and Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. I I think of all of them, like I'd want to be Father Ignatius in this one. Yeah. Yes. He you just to. want to be Michael Jeter. I just thought, like, of all of them, he was the one who always felt the most genuine. Yeah. You know, had Crispy had more depth, mm. possibly would like to have played him like if he was a bigger villain. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, like, again, it could be this kind of like silly pantomime villain by all means. But I just want more rationale. Yeah. I gave this four stars overall. Same as oh. when I gave Sister Act one. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it needed more Maggie Smith, more Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah. Like, they just felt very marginalised. And I think this has potential to be better than the first one. Yeah. I think the critical response is, is nonsense. Like, this was a really good nonsense. film. It's, this was, <laughs> I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I just... It's a longer film anyway, so mm. why could some of that length not have gone to more of the characters that we already had and liked? Yeah. You know, there's a part of me that I'd rather they just didn't have Maggie Smith in it. If she was only going to be in it like that much. I think they had to bring her back. That, had, no. that was the only way they were going to get Dolores to come back. Exactly. There's not that she has to be there. And it just feels such a shame that she's not as big a part of it. Mm. So that, that that's kind of why it misses a star. Is I think there's real heart to this film and this story. Mm-hmm. I just miss the characters that I grew to love. Fair enough. What are we going to watch next week? So next week we are going to be watching a... An amazing Star Kid musical. One of my brother's favourite Star Kid musicals, which is The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals. <laughs> Basically me at the start of this podcast. Yes, for sure. Like, back in April. I like musicals. Yeah, I know you do. But this one, obviously, the last time we watched Star Kid, we binge-watched all three Potter musicals. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah, I think someday we might revisit them, but mm-hmm. individually, and just do maybe smaller episodes and just watch... Yeah. One at a time. And with the benefit of just like a less intense day. I think, mm. no, because I did really like them. I think they are great. But I think I was maybe sour on, more sour on them than I should be. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is one of the more recent ones. Mm-hmm. So will it matter that I've not seen Holy Musical Batman? No. It won't matter that you haven't seen any of the others. Because cool. they have a lot of other musicals. No, I know. But because it's one of their more recent ones. A big deal of the Harry Potter trilogy was the fact that there were jokes that went throughout. It's not going to matter that I'm not seeing these jokes. No, because this one that we're about to watch only links to their newest one, which is Black Friday. Which but this is the first this one. This is the first one. Okay, cool. In that story. So we might watch Black Friday later on down the line. Later on, yeah. 
So that's next week. We're going to go back to Team Starkid. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Yep. And you can let us know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts on Sister Act. Let us know your thoughts on the man who hates musicals. The guy who didn't like musicals. The guy who didn't like musicals. Let us know. Is it one of your favourite star kids? Mm -hmm. Or is it one for you that's maybe skippable? You know, what do you like about this one? What do you not like about this one? You can be like our number one boy at Jared Good. Yep. And help keep us in the caffeine business. Mm -hmm. What's your current drink? My current caffeine? Yeah. Oh, I don't know anymore because we're not. It's not pumpkin spice latte season. No, anymore. we need to see what the Christmas offerings are, don't we? I know. I don't always like the Christmas coffees. I am quite happy if I'm going to be able to get some gingerbread latte. Saying that, I do have a peppermint mocha. There we go. So, you can help buy us a gingerbread latte or a peppermint mocha via buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical. Mm-hmm. A uh, big shout out to at Jared Good, who has kept us caffeinated, but has also requested a film for us to cover, which will be coming your way on the 30th of November, Yeah, which is Anna and the Apocalypse. And yes. if you would like to have a say in what we watch as well, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical pod and help influence our coming schedule. Mm-hmm. You can listen to this show as always on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, and our OG hosts, Podbean. Make sure to subscribe and make sure to leave a review and let us know what you like about this show. And if you really liked what you've heard today, please share us with your friends, your families, and and spread the good word of uh, HMS It's a Musical Podcast. Mm -hmm. Until next Monday. Have a magical musical. See you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. Bye.